Routine. Noun. A sequence of actions regularly followed. A fixed program. On today's episode, I want to talk to you about the power of routine. I want to talk about productivity and habits. And I want to talk about the systems we put in place that allow us to achieve the things we want to achieve. Routine is a very powerful idea. And as we get ready for the year ahead, 2022 is almost here. I want to make sure it's going to be your best year yet. So join me on this episode. I'm going to share some ideas and insights from some of the, uh, the biggest thought leaders out there writing on this subject. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast all about helping chefs and operators build more profitable restaurants. Each week, we toggle back and forth between a monologue-style format and an interview, but the goal is always the same, to take complicated marketing concepts and make them both understandable and actionable. Why? Because like I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, today we're talking all about the power of routine because I think routines, systems, habits, they can all help us be productive. And I want you to have the best year yet. 2022 is almost here. And so uh, to help you further, I'm also hosting a webinar, two separate dates on January 3rd and January 4th. It's absolutely, totally free. I'm talking about the two secrets to restaurant profitability. So Sign up, go to restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash webinar. We're going to talk about profit, what it is, why it's important, uh, and, and we're going to talk about how to, uh, to, to, to achieve profitability in your restaurant, right? So uh, profit is just the extra left over, right? The surplus, uh, two different sides to profits, revenue and expenses. As long as you have more revenue coming in, then you have expenses going out, you're gonna be left with something extra at the end. That surplus is something we call profit. I wanna to talk to you about what profit is, why it matters, and how to do it. I'm gonna share with you a framework for managing the expense side, right? All of your costs, a new way of thinking about it. And then on the revenue side, I wanna to talk to you about the best way I know to increase revenues in your restaurant so you can have more left over at the end of the day. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash webinar. It's totally free. Go sign up for one of those two dates. Now, today, on today's episode, we're talking about the power of routine, right? We're all getting uh, ready for the year ahead, so I wanna know, how do you prepare for the year ahead? Are, are you ready for 2022? So some people out there rely on New Year's resolutions. Others, uh, like me, set a series of goals, uh, goals that I can uh, achieve little by little every single day, right? There's no one way to do it and certainly no wrong way to do it. However, as scientists continue to study the subject of motivation and goal setting, we are getting a clear picture of the best ways that we can set ourselves up for success. So for those who need a little help in this area, for those who need a little inspiration on today's episode, I'm going to share some ideas and insights from a few of my favorite thought leaders. Six different ideas. We're going to work through them systematically. Number one, it's this idea that in order to go big, you've got to start small. 
Now, Harvard Business Review is one of the most respected publications in the world. And each year, seems like right uh, right around this time, uh, they have new information to share. There are kind of a swath of uh, articles on this subject. Uh, and uh, two years ago, uh, at the beginning of 2020, they published a great article on the subject titled, To Achieve Big Goals, Start With Small Habits. And in that article, the author shares her own experience in this area. And she says, for ambitious go-getters, right, like like restaurateurs, uh, it sometimes uh, is difficult to consider any other path. But as high achievers, she says, um, even though we're programmed to, to do this, you know, go big or go home mentality, the data shows that big goals are often more burdensome than they are motivational. They, they require uh, daunting amounts of effort to accomplish and sustain in uh, what many of us have, which are busy lives. Instead, she suggests we should start with small habits, ridiculously small micro habits is how she calls them in the article, like meditating for 30 seconds every afternoon or drinking a big glass of water every morning when we wake up. Right? You can do that. Right, You can meditate, not for 30 minutes. Start with just 30 seconds. Uh, if you want to stay more hydrated, you want to live a healthier lifestyle, don't commit to going to the gym you know, an hour every single day. Simply commit to taking a big, uh, big drink of water every morning. It'll hydrate your body and it'll, it'll start moving things in there. Once you accomplish that, right, from there, you can build upon that success by setting a daily task to complete, and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. This could be something then as simple as reading one paragraph a day, uh, every day of the book that you've been ignoring, or uh, listening to a podcast that you've been uh, that you've been uh, letting lie fallow, or uh, or updating your uh, your marketing, or updating your uh, your handbook. Right, doing something every single day. Right, even like making your bed. Well, that leads us into the second one, right? This idea, and, and some of you might already know this, but this idea, number two, if you make your bed, then you can change the world. So in 2014, U.S. Navy Admiral William H. McRaven delivered a commencement speech at the University of Texas in Austin. And some of you may know this. There's a book that goes along with this commencement speech. But in that speech, he uttered the now famous line. He said, if you want to change the world, Start off by making your bed. If you want to watch that uh, speech, I'm going to include the show, uh, the link in the show notes. Uh, when he says that, you'll notice you hear a wave of laughter, right? That the crowd sort of erupts in laughter because they think he's making a joke. But he continues, undaunted, he said, if you make your bed every morning, you'll find that you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It'll give you a small sense of pride and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another, and by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed then will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you will never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, a bed that you made, and a bed that gives you encouragement that tomorrow can be better. Again, he repeats, if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. Again, the idea is profound. This, this, that little things add up to big things, right? So instead of making big lofty goals, start small. Again, Navy Admiral uh, McRaven says, start off by making your bed. 
it's uh, it's not a bad way of looking into it. I'm going to include the link to the book as well, and and again to that uh, speech, so you can watch him delivering it uh, himself. Now, number three here, the right way and the wrong way. So on episode number 716 of the Harvard Business Review Idea Cast, right? Can, can you tell that I love the, Har- uh, the Harvard Business Review? Well, on episode 716, the team featured uh, an incredible interview with James Clear. You might know him as the best-selling author of the book Atomic Habits. I'm going to link to that book in the show notes as well. It is one of my favorite. In that article, right, in that interview rather, he has three terrific ideas that, uh, to be honest, I still can't even get out of my head, and I'm still trying to understand uh, how, how to incorporate them as efficiently as I possibly can. The three ideas are chunking, pacing, and failing, right? And again, this all has to do with productivity, routines, and habits. Again, the name of his book is Atomic Habits. He says, chunking. When faced with a complicated task, he suggests breaking it down into a series of smaller, simpler tasks. This is starting to sound familiar, right? They're all sort of, um, they're all sort of repeating this same sort of idea, right? So don't go for the big thing. Figure out how to compartmentalize it and break it down and do little pieces. He calls this chunking. Next, he talks about pacing. He says, set a pace you can keep up with, right? So if it's your first time running a marathon, let's say. It's probably not realistic for you to break three hours. That would be sub seven minutes, uh, a seven minute mile for the entire 26 miles, right? That, that's pretty, pretty difficult. Instead, he says, uh, set a more attainable goal, right? Success is infectious. Hitting the goals you set for yourself will make you more apt to see things through to the end, right? We talk about this and we're going to talk about this later uh, when we talk about Peter Drucker's SMART goals, but uh, SMART, S-M-A-R-T, Specific, Measurable, Attainable right? That's what, uh, that's what James Clear is talking about here in pacing. Set goals that are attainable, right? So it's not attainable to do something huge necessarily, but to do little pieces of something that will all add up to a big something, that's totally possible, right? So if you've never run a marathon uh, before, start by running two miles, then work up to five miles, then 10. See if you like that enough and see if you can get to the half marathon, and then 15, and then 20, and 25 miles before you commit to doing 26. Just start doing a little bit at a time. Finally, the last piece here, right? He talked about chunking, pacing, and then failing, right? He says, uh, understand, acknowledge, accept that we are gonna slip up. It is inevitable. In fact, plan for it, prepare for it, and simply figure out the best way to get yourself back on track. So he suggests in his book, uh, and he talked about it on the podcast, he suggests holding yourself uh, to never missing twice. So for example, if you've set a goal uh, of working out Monday through Friday every week, he said you can slip up once and still practice then on, uh, uh, you know, uh, go to the gym on, on Saturday or Sunday, but he says don't ever let yourself miss twice in a week. Whatever that time horizon is, whatever the thing is that you're trying to accomplish, Plan for it, make sure you've got some cushion in there and hold yourself to never missing twice. Give yourself a little bit of slack there. Now, we've got three more that I'm gonna share with you after a word from one of our sponsors. The most successful restaurants take brand and design very seriously. That includes aesthetics like architecture, lighting, music, all the way down to the silverware and the plating of a dish. But a restaurant is nothing without the people that make it come alive. And so the natural question is, How do you dress your staff? Stock manufacturing has been crafting premium apparel since 2012, and they are constantly called upon by Michelin-level restaurants for their expertise. 
With stock, you get the best of both worlds, right? All the style of retail with the price, continuity, and customer service from a traditional uniform vendor. They offer an assortment of everyday items that are ready to ship with no minimum order quantity. And you can make these items stand out with custom touches like embroidery, hats, pins. They can also design fully custom uniform plans from, from the ground up to complement your restaurant's brand, decor, and environment. They are offering a special promotion for listeners of this podcast. Wholesale pricing on all in-stock products plus 50% off design fees if you choose to get a fully custom uniform set. Visit stockmfg.co slash chip to get started. Again, S-T-O-C-K-M-F-G dot C-O slash chip. As always, that link is in the show notes. Now, we've got uh, three more here to round out. Again, we're talking all about the power of routine. We're talking about productivity hacks, right? Productivity hacks. How do you how do you make sure that you, uh, you set your goals and that you achieve the goals you set for yourself? So number four here is to leave some space. Now, raise your hand, unless you're driving, then don't raise your hand. Two hands on the wheel, please. But uh, uh, metaphorically here, raise your hand if you're the kind of person who tends to fill every minute of every day, even if you don't intend to, that's just how it ends up, right? I think that's uh, many of us probably uh, probably listening to this. And busy, uh, to a certain degree, uh, feels good, right? It makes us feel important and productive. But busy can also be a trap, and I think you know that. I certainly uh, learned this the hard way. I'm still trying to uh, to learn it, still trying to internalize it. But But the busy trap can be a way of hiding from ourselves, can be a way of hiding from the things that are really important. Now, Elizabeth Gilbert, she's the best-selling author of the book, Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, she wrote another book a, a few years back called Big Magic. And that book is all about the role that creativity has in our lives. And, and surprisingly, uh, she's found that creativity has a lot to do with routines, habits, and, uh, and, and staying productive. Or put another way, routines and habits actually have a lot to do with creativity. It also has to do with how we set goals for ourselves. So in that book, she talks a lot about time management. And she says, I'm going to share a secret. It's not about finding the time. It's about making the time. If we're not careful, we can let ourselves get pulled in a million different directions based on everyone else's priority list. Unless we make a list of our own. That's what I'm going to share with you here as well. Like I said at the very beginning, uh, when, we, when we we come up to the, the new year, some people do New Year's resolutions. Some people make lists. I am a list maker, right? So this is number five. I am going to convince you to make lists. Uh, uh, lists of goals that you want to accomplish over the course of the year. Uh, weekly, uh, weekly lists uh, of things that you need to get done. And then daily tasks that need to be completed to be able to achieve the weekly goals that will all build towards a larger uh, a larger goal that you want to accomplish by the end of the year. Notice uh, the framework I'm using is something we already talked about earlier on in this episode, this idea of chunking, this idea of starting small. So uh, I've shared this uh, shared this a while back. I'm going to share this again. Apologies if you uh, heard it the first time. Uh, hopefully uh, something uh, resonates with you uh, anew if uh, if you haven't put this into your life. So every year, the week between Christmas and New Year's, I always sort of take to myself, um, even though I'm with family and I'm, um, we travel and, and, and all of that, uh, there's, a, there's a chunk of every day, you know, like 20 or 30 minutes that I take for myself. Uh, and I usually go into the office and I sit with my uh, journal or my, my productivity journal 
Um, and I sit down and I start sketching out the goals that I want to achieve for the year ahead. I spend a lot of time thinking about the year that just finished. And I think about you know what happened, what worked, what didn't work, um, what I wanna be doing more of, what I want less of. And I use that to inform the goals that I set for the year ahead. So I take that really seriously, and I and I think about it, and think about it, think about, it. and then famously, usually on New Year's Eve, I sit down and I and I commit them to paper, and I type them up, and I print them out, and I stick them on the corkboard. It is right behind me. All I got to do is swivel my chair around, and I can see what my goals are for the year. I recommend you do this for yourself. And here is the caveat, right? The idea is not like I want to get a Michelin star, right? Because you can't affect that you can't make that happen what you can do is build the systems to make your place run more efficiently and effectively you can uh, make sure that you're sourcing the best quality ingredients that your staff is uh, fully trained that they have the knowledge required uh, for a michelin starred restaurant you can there are a series of things you can do to put yourself in a place to be ready for that you can't ultimately achieve the goal of getting a michelin star but we can say, I'm going to build a Michelin star level restaurant. You can build it, whether uh, whether the reviewers, whether the, the people who come and adjudicate and determine who gets a star or not, whether they feel that's true, that's up to them. What you can do is affect the things that you can do. So if your goal over the course of the year or one of your goals, and I recommend you have four, five, six, eight larger goals that you can achieve, uh, that you can chunk away at every single day. But if your goal is to turn your existing restaurant, uh, is to is to, is to to turn the dial on that and make it the best restaurant it can possibly be to create a Michelin star level experience, that's the main goal. Then you need to figure out what are all the things you need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and you're, you're gonna sit down. So. You're gonna sit down at the end of the year, write down all of those goals. Let's say that is one of our goals. And then what I recommend is every Sunday night, you sit down and say, what can I accomplish in the week ahead to help me achieve my overall super goal, right? The goal that I wanna achieve by the end of the year. And you write down, maybe it's only three things, right? Maybe it's only three things. I'm gonna accomplish these three things by the end of next week. Maybe one of them is I'm gonna do uh, an audit on my website. Maybe then I'm going to uh, you know, look into designers uh, to overhaul my website because a really great restaurant deserves a really great website. Uh, maybe then you're going to look at your, you're going to start reviewing your service manual, right? So those are the three things. So maybe you've only got two hours of your week and you're going to dedicate those two hours to accomplishing those things, right? Because we, we certainly have other uh, obligations, other responsibilities. Uh, most of us uh, have restaurants or clients or, or work you know, uh, you know, work at a pace that we, we can't just spend 40 hours a week uh, doing these things. I understand that. What I'm saying is just set aside a little bit of time. Again, as Liz Gilbert says, we don't find the time, we make the time. Make the time to do these things. By setting your goals for the year, right? Where do I wanna be a year from now? You pin them to the wall, it makes them real, right? Then every Sunday you sit down and figure out what can I achieve over the course of the next week that will help me achieve my overall goal. And then every single day you sit down and you work towards it and you've got that list then. You know the list you made on Sunday and so you know everything that needs to be done. Do this, start working from lists, uh, get your uh, your managers, 
uh, your general manager, your chefs, get them to start working through lists. Figure out a larger goal and then have them chunk it down into little tasks that will eventually add up to uh, achieving the larger goal. All right, so that's number five. Finally, then number six, as promised, uh, we have to talk about systems and goals. I, we have to talk uh, about this idea of SMART goals. So I've talked about this before. Peter Drucker uh, is a celebrated author and management consultant. Uh, he's now gone, but uh, when he was alive, he wrote extensively on the subject. He's kind of like the godfather of modern management. And he came up in 1984, he came up with this uh, acronym called SMART goals, right? S-M-A-R-T. It stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Everything you do needs to be tethered to a problem and a goal, right? We don't do something just to do something. We do something to solve a problem, right? That we acknowledge a problem, we set a goal, right? When uh, you know we are here, when we get there, it will no longer be a problem, right? So that we know where we are, where we need to go, and then we set a series of things that we need to do to help accomplish that. Now, uh, Peter Drucker says that every goal you set needs to be specific. If it's specific, it can therefore be measurable, right? So let's say we only do $2,000 in revenue on Monday nights and in order to make it uh, break even, uh, to make it profitable, we need to be at $3,000 a, 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 a night. So uh, we need an additional $1,000 in revenue every Monday night. Well, that's, that's specific, so we can measure that. We make $2,000, that's a problem. We need to be making $3,000, that's our goal then we can, uh, we can figure out if we achieve that, right? It's very specific, and so it's either yes or no. We hit it or we didn't hit it. Now, make the goal attainable. Like, uh, you know, note that I didn't say, hey, we need to go from $2,000 on Monday nights to $10,000 on Monday nights. I just said we need to go from 2000 to 3000 right? Already a 50% increase is pretty huge, but I think it's attainable because we can say, hey, if we get 20 more covers in, that will achieve it. If we, right, we can, we can figure out how to do that, right? So we make the goal specific, therefore it becomes measurable. We make it attainable, because once we hit the goal, we can set a new goal, and a new goal, a new goal. Think of the uh, the football analogy, right? We get a first down, we move the chains. We get another first down, we move the chains. Another first down, move. we're moving downfield. We don't just try to go for the end zone right away. We move closer and closer and closer. Again, these ideas of chunking, they're all connected here. But SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, it needs to be relevant, right? It needs to be relevant to uh, to the business, right? If it's not relevant, if it's not relevant, it doesn't matter, right? So this is, I always talk about this, oh, we need more Instagram followers. How is that relevant to your business? You might need more revenue and maybe Instagram followers is a way of getting more awareness. Once you gain more awareness, then some of them will uh, will come in. It's connected, but increasing the Instagram followers is maybe part of the actions, right? It's part of the solution. That isn't the goal. The goal is revenue. Can't uh, we can't uh, we take can't take uh, Instagram followers to the bank. We can take money to the bank, though. We can uh, we can pay our ven uh, vendors. We can pay uh, payroll. We can pay uh, ourselves things like uh, mortgage and rent and um, uh, car payments, right? So. Smart goals, make them specific, that'll make them measurable, make sure they're attainable, you can always set new goals, make sure they're relevant to the health of the business, and then finally make them time-bound. Make sure there's a deadline on it, right? So we need to increase revenue from $2,000 to $3,000 on 
uh, Mondays in order to hit our break-even number that's relevant to the success of our business, and we're going to achieve that within the next three months. So at the end of the quarter, we're going to look back and see if we've achieved our goals. Now, that's how we set a goal, but how do we do that? It's one thing to set a goal and say, great, here we go. The next thing you need is a system, right? And this is where you get the power of routine. Like I talked about with list building, right? You're gonna get in the routine of making lists, uh, you know, accomplishing tasks on that list, crossing them off and building a new list, right? So there's a there's a, a repetition to it. There's, um, there's a system in place, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to put systems into place. The SMART goal framework is a system, right? A system for identifying problems and setting goals that will solve that problem. But now I wanna figure out, uh, I wanna invite you to put a system into place that will help you achieve the goal, right? So you look at the problem, you look at the goal, and then you need to set a series of actions that will get you to that goal, right? So if I do this, this, and this, then I think we will have solved this problem. And then finally, you need a system to be able to judge whether it worked or not. So part of that is looking back at the end of the, the three months, let's say, and, and looking at it and say, yep, we achieved our stated goal. But maybe you look at it and say, no, we still didn't achieve our stated goal. We went on average from $2,000 on Monday nights to $2,500 on um, Monday nights, and that's good. It was an increase, but we didn't hit our, uh, our stated goal. So now you need to set a new goal and you need to look at what you did that worked and what you did that didn't work in order to achieve, right? So maybe you're gonna do a prefix on Monday nights. Maybe you're gonna uh, put a Facebook ad out uh, for to, to try and pack Monday nights. Maybe you're going to do uh, offer other drink promotions, whatever it is, right? There are a series of things you can do to try to get people in. You set, you set it out and you say, these are all the, this is the system I put in place to be able to try to achieve that. And then you look back at the end of it and you see what worked and what didn't work. That's the idea of systems and goals. The beauty part is that when you get to the end, even if you didn't achieve your stated goal, like like I said, we're trying to get to 3,000, we only hit $2,500, at least you put a system into place that helped increase the revenue by $500 on average every Monday night. That's no small thing. I've, I've spoken about it a lot in the past, about the system that I put in place uh, to, uh, to create this uh, podcast, right? When I was starting out, um, I didn't know if it was going to be a success. I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it. I didn't know if anybody was going to care. Um, but I figured at the end of it, right, I said, my goal is not to have a, a show that everybody loves or a show that gets a certain amount of listeners. My goal in the beginning was to record, edit, and publish 30 episodes. Again, famously, I said, I'm just going to do 30 episodes, see what happens. If people like it, I'll continue. If I like it, I'll continue. If it doesn't work, if it's too much work, if, I, if I'm not enjoying it, um, if people don't seem to... Uh, don't seem to enjoy the podcast, then uh, then I'll then I'll back off and I'll uh, decide not to do it. But at the very least, even if I decided not to continue on, I will have learned. I would have learned how to write, record, edit, publish, and market my own podcast. And I just thought I'm going to learn quite a bit just through the process of doing that, just through that system. So I put a system into place, and that gave me some tangible skills that even if this podcast hadn't taken off, I could still market them elsewhere, right? So again, six ideas I wanted to talk about today. Uh, the idea that uh, to go big, you got to start small. This idea that if you make your bed, then you can change the world. Uh, this idea that there's a right and a wrong way to setting habits, to accomplishing things. James Clear talked about chunking, pacing, and failing. 
Elizabeth Gilbert talks all about how you leave some space. Uh, you don't find the time, you make the time, right? We make a list of our own or we'll get, uh, we'll get stuck doing everybody else's priority list. I talked to you about my own list making, right? The, the a habit that I learned about six or seven years ago that has changed uh, the way that I work, that has changed my output, uh, what I'm able to accomplish. And then finally, we talked about systems and goals. Peter Drucker's SMART goal framework, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And then you need a system in place that will help you achieve all of that. This is what I want you to think about as we get ready for the year ahead. I want you to put this into practice. I want you to put some of it into practice, right? If you don't have a system for doing this, if you're not good at accomplishing tasks, if you're not, then please listen to this. Go back, rewind it, listen to it again and take something away. Uh, I'm constantly uh, reading these books and, and, and learning new things about ways that I can stay uh, more diligent, more focused, more productive. That's it for today's episode. I want to thank you for being here. Remember, again, two webinars coming up on January 3rd and January 4th. You can sign up by visiting restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash webinar. Totally free. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you very much, and I will see you next week.